Good morning and welcome to Kale and Company Live right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Great to have you with us. And we are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at Delta Dental Covers Me. Dot com And uh, we are going to talk about uh, an initiative that will take place uh, next week here in the state of New Hampshire during Thanksgiving week. And we are very pleased to have in studio today John Clegg, who is the program director for the New Hampshire Office of Highway Safety, and uh, Kevin Walsh from Rye. Kevin is the police chief in Rye and one of the participating agencies in this uh, initiative. And, and John Clegg, maybe you can tell us a, a little bit more about what's going to take place around Thanksgiving next week. Well, first off, I want to say good morning to everybody out there and thank you for having us. That's for sure. This is a very, very important initiative. Uh, we have a, uh, an issue of impairment on our roads in New Hampshire. Uh, I don't think that's any surprise to anybody out there if you're, you're looking at the news and, and watching the uh, you know, looking at the fatalities that are occurring on New Hampshire roads that involve impairment and whatnot. So this initiative is basically going to be staged uh, in Rockingham County, uh, and it's going to vo- involve over 30 uh, law enforcement agencies to include local police departments, uh, sheriff's departments, county sheriff's departments, state police. We also uh, will have some um, some uh, efforts from our uh, bordering partners, Mass State Police, uh, Maine State Police on uh, uh, I-95 as well. Uh, but this initiative is going to kick off November 22nd and, uh, 22nd and run through uh, November 26th. And, uh, Kevin, some of the worst driving statistics are uh, usually recorded uh, during Thanksgiving week. Uh, lots of traffic uh, on the roads. Uh, I guess statistically, it, it, uh, it, it, unfortunately, it's, it's like that almost every year. Unfortunately, it is. Uh, you know, drinking and driving is a temporary fund with permanent consequences. I'm going to bring us back to November 25th, 2022. Sempatelli family lost their daughter in a speed alcohol-related crash. And that's the conversations uh, that Seacoast officers are having to get us ready for this weekend. Our goal is to prevent any uh, crashes and fatalities, but more so another goal, and I think it's an attainable one by everybody, voluntary compliance. If we report back to New Hampshire Highway Safety, we had zero driving while intoxicated arrests because there were none on the road, nobody was impaired. That would be fantastic to uh, come back and report that. A way to do that is partnering up with our businesses, asking the owners and the managers to talk to their employees, go on New Hampshire Liquor Enforcement's website. They have short uh, videos Mm -hmm. that you can uh, coach up your employees to get them ready so that you're partnering up with uh, New Hampshire Highway Safety and New Hampshire law enforcement communities to help out with saying a tough word, which is no. Exactly. And, uh, John, uh, sometimes uh, the, the night before Thanksgiving has been known as Drunksgiving, uh, un- unfortunately, with uh, a lot of uh, impaired drivers uh, on the road. And uh, these statistics uh, certainly don't lie in that regard. 
Yeah, no doubt, um, for sure. I mean, when you look at the uh, fatalities that uh, have occurred during that Thanksgiving, you know, time frame, we have had a, fa- uh, you know, fatalities uh, on every year. 2018, I think the only year that we didn't have fatality within that time frame, Thanksgiving time frame was 2019. But, you know, right up to, you know, 2021, 20, 22, we, we've had that. So we're doing everything that we can to possibly get not only the infra- uh, information out there to the motoring public uh, to empower as well, get the information out there to empower the motoring public to, to really, um, you know, make good choices, uh, have a plan before you go out. Definitely, you know, there is rideshare out there. There was, there is Uber, there is Lyft, but certainly have a plan because it's certainly not worth your life or the life of somebody else. Or, you know, even, even if it's not that it, it could be, you know, uh, legal fees and, and maybe loss of a job and all those other consequences that come with, uh, you know, um, you know, making that, that, uh, that negative choice to, to drive impaired. You know, when we look at the numbers, um, and I, I feel this very important to get out there to the, to the public, uh, in 2021, um, we had 118 fatalities. Um, out of that 118 fatalities, 70.3% of those fatalities were impairment related. That's mm. drug and alcohol related. That is uh, substantial, and we're very concerned about that. It's people like, you know, Chief Walsh here, who, who is passionate about highway safety and all of our other highway safety partners um, that we work with, um, you know, who are going to be also participating in this initiative that we really want to thank out there. And we want uh, the motoring public to feel that, you know, they're empowered to, to help us out. We can't do it alone. There's alcohol, there are, are drugs, and, uh, and there are... Also, uh, a number of other distractions uh, that uh, go with it as well. It's it's it's, it's drugs and, and alcohol primarily, but uh, Chief Walsh, I, I guess a lot of other things too. I mean, uh, uh, people are playing with their phones or or their dashboards or whatever it, it may be in their cars, and uh, that can be a distraction as well. Definitely, uh, I categorize it as poor driving behavior. And again, voluntary compliance, if everybody follows the rules of the road, it's the most inexpensive way to do it, and it's the safest way to do it. Uh, putting uh, different distractions up has caused a significant amount of uh, accidents. Uh, my partner, John, brought up the cost of driving while impaired from alcohol or drugs. The individual person, the average cost is going to be around $10,000 mm-hmm. for a defense attorney. Wow. Then you're talking motions to suppress and those kinds of things, you know, you're talking 20 grand to try to fight a, a driving while intoxicated thing. Save yourself the money, uh, save yourself the consequences of the end result of that. And we do know that families uh, do struggle with mental health and addiction, and we encourage people to have open discussions and topics about it. You know, dealing with the youth, when we've had in Rye some house parties and doing some research, some of the kids feel it's worth it to have that house party because of the peer uh, acknowledgement of having a party like that. That's not a good thing. As parents, we're the largest group in New Hampshire. we got to get it together and do the right things and make sure that even though it is my child that's doing it, you got to speak up and say something and do the right thing with your child. Know where they're going. You know, have the open discussion with them because there are under another significant peer pressure to be socially accepted and unfortunately alcohol and drugs is that gateway to get that acceptance and it's it's very unfortunate 
Yeah, uh, it, it, it truly is. And uh, uh, what what do you look for, uh, you know, before you pull a, a driver over? You, when you see, uh, you know, cruisers along the sides of the road and, and that sort of thing, what, what do the officers look for uh, in a driver before they are pulled over? It's um, a obvious motor vehicle violation, following too close, uh, going through a stop sign intersection, and the most common, which is really unfortunate, speed driving above the posted speed limit or at an unsafe speed. It's the number one complaint. I think I can safely say in the state of New Hampshire that all the police chiefs are receiving is the speed of vehicles and poor driving behavior. One of the things I've talked about with the select board and and Rye is we need to look at our own residents and get them on the same page that driving the exact speed limit. Officers are stopping quite a bit for people driving above the posted speed limit. Yeah. Uh, and so when the, uh, the driver is, is pulled over, what is the process after that? What do you look for uh, if you see some erratic driving behavior? What do you look for when the, the driver is pulled over? There's the odor of an alcoholic beverage. There's their motor skills because you've got to steer, brake, accelerate, be alert. You can see that when there are uh, conversations with the police officer or when they're getting their driver's license and registrations. You can look at those things. It's really the officer using their senses of smell and sight and what they're hearing for conversation that will lead the officer to believe that this person may be impaired from an alcoholic beverage and requires more conversation and investigation. Has uh, drugs over the years become uh, more prevalent when you're pulling drivers over? I know you have, you know, uh, legal marijuana now in Massachusetts uh, and in Maine. Has, has that made a difference at all? Absolutely. And our prescription drugs that are, that are out there that people may be using too much of or they're not responding to the directions that they shouldn't be driving or mixing it with alcohol. The officers are seeing an enormous amount of that when they're interacting with people. And John, as you as you pointed out, uh, I mean, just over the past, you know, a couple of weeks, every time you, you turn on the news, uh, you, you hear about uh, some uh, major accident right here uh, in, in the state of New Hampshire, uh, all over the state. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, that's why I wanted to really inform, you know, your listeners um, and anyone that that hears this that, hey, listen, you know, in 2021 of those 118 fatalities, again, 70.3 percent of those fatalities were alcohol drug related. So with that being put out there, um, you know, we're asking folks that are making good uh, decisions really to drive defensively. Uh, you know, make sure that you're predictable. You know, uh, again, make sure that you're driving the posted speed limit. You know, take those phone calls and everything else before you get in your car. Right. Uh, you know, make sure the radio's tuned and everything so that you're just focused 100% on driving safely. Exactly right. Protect yourself. Great advice. That's John Clegg. He's the program director for the New Hampshire Office of Highway Safety. And also with us today, the uh, chief of police in uh, Rye, New Hampshire, uh, Kevin Walsh, right on the border of uh, New Hampshire, New Hampshire and Maine. And, and Tyler Dumont uh, is in the studio as well. He is the uh, New Hampshire Department of Safety's Strategic Communications Administrator. Is that true, Tyler? There he is. He's in the background. We'll take a break. Kale and Company continues right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. We're presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And we're joined in studio today by John Clegg, Program Director for the New Hampshire Office of Highway Safety and the Chief of Police in Rye, Kevin Walsh. And, uh, uh, John, the the, uh, initiative is going to take place uh, next week. Uh, in, uh, you know, specifically, uh, we're talking about Rockingham uh, County today, but you, you could not do initiative like an initiative like this without uh, some partnerships. Oh, that's absolutely correct. And uh, there are many partners that we've been working with over the years that are just so passionate about highway safety. And we certainly, you know, could never do it uh, without these uh, these partners for sure. And, you know, the Office of Highway Safety is involved in many, you know, many partners. So not only law enforcement, but we also, you know, get into the schools and talk to the kids as well. Uh, or those young adults, um, you know, uh, we're also involved with partners that try to get our message out right. uh, uh, in those media media ven- venues, such as yourself. So we consider you a, a partner, that's for sure, and we we appreciate it. But uh, yeah, we we try whatever we can do to really get that message out, and we're certainly, uh, again, I want to stress, we're empowering the motoring public to really listen to those messages and uh, really make those choices, those good choices, and. You know, uh, if you're a motorist out there listening to this, you know, please, you know, talk to family members, talk to coworkers of the the issues going on on our uh, happening on our roads um, to try to stress the fact that we all really got to work together to uh, ensure that our roads are safe. Chief Walsh, we talk about the initiative going on uh, next week around uh, the Thanksgiving holiday uh, in Rockingham County. And and I'm sure this is true of of, uh, every county, is that uh, there are certain areas where there's there's more occasions of uh, drunk driving than in others. And I'm sure the patrols will be stepped up in in those areas specifically. Uh, They will be in our partners with Hampshire Highway Safety, they're the axle of the wheel, and Rye is just one spoke that's coming out of it uh, with the support of advertising and financial help to put the officers on extra duty time to be out on the roads. One of the partnerships that Highway Safety is uh, supporting the Seacoast area with, the five uh, towns that represent Portsmouth High School, uh, Newington, Newcastle, Greenland, Rye, and Portsmouth, uh, they've gotten together with the student body, and there's a class that is putting together a uh, logo and a slogan for a sign that we're hoping to put together as a lawn sign and distribute amongst the Seacoast area. I know the uh, five police chiefs, we all got together, and we needed to come up with something different uh, to try to get our youth drivers involved. So we figured if they're coming up with these slogans mm-hmm. and yeah. has some merit, and then get the parents, again, the largest group in you know, New Hampshire are the parents getting together to do the right things and support it by putting that sign out on their lawns. And we appreciate highway safety, uh, thinking outside the box and supporting initiatives like this. And you cannot start this type of education early enough. I mean, you're talking about Portsmouth High, but I think honestly, and and, uh, I'm sure it's true that uh, the education has to start even earlier than that. It it does. And so parents, you know, when I'm at school crossing and I see them drive by, they uh, driving 20 and they slow down and they allow me the opportunity to wave their kids in their car seat is the start of parents being the example of when their kids someday will be driving. Uh, I'm a parent of a 22-year-old. It goes fast. Next thing you know, he was driving and setting the uh, good example. I uh, want to thank my son publicly. 
he was the one that helped me understand why I should be wearing a seatbelt. Okay, <laughs> very very good. We can, so, we can learn from our kids. Yeah, there's uh, there is uh, no uh, doubt about about that. What about uh, designated drivers? Uh, how, how 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 does that work? Uh, do, do you see many designated drivers? Do people bring along a a designated driver, or is that you know you, you hear about it, but does it actually uh, does it uh, does it work in in real life? I think it does. I've yeah. been a police officer since 1987. We do see a certain segment of the population and businesses that are rewarding people that is the designated yeah. driver. They will give them the free soda or seltzer water, knowing that uh, responsibility is, is going there. So, again, a temporary fund with permanent consequences. Uh, we do see a segment of that going on, and we're encouraging that to be more and more our business partners the managers and the owners. Again, New Hampshire Liquor Enforcement has those short videos that can coach up your employees to encourage all that. If the employees are asking those questions when they're serving the alcoholic and beverages to the tables, that will promote that as well. So we're looking for some, to John's point, some partnership with the businesses to help us out with this. Yeah, no doubt about that. Whatever they can do probably uh, is a plus. Absolutely. You know, and, uh, you know, Chief Walsh makes a good point about, um, you know, his son. You know, uh, we all have family members out there. I have two kids that are driving, new drivers, basically, you know, 118, 121. So it's, it's you think about that as well and the impairment issue and, and the other highway safety issues out there. Um, but I also wanted to mention some of the other programs. You know, we do, we go, you know, we fund law enforcement, um, you know, enforcement efforts. We fund educational efforts, uh, messaging outreach efforts and stuff like that so we also a new program we have out there just to let the you know the public know what we're doing as an office to try to help uh keep our roads or uh you know decrease that potential for any uh, potential you know crashes out there we have a community outreach and betterment program that many of our law enforcement conduct so they actually bring in the community and they talk about many different highway safety issues, one being, you know, uh, impairment for mm-hmm. sure. But we also work with AAA, uh, Northern New England. They're involved in that same community outreach and betterment program um, and some other organizations as, as well. So to have everyone doing this, working together, uh, and then involving the public, empowering the public to make those decisions and to help us out, I think it's uh, hopefully we're going to start to see um, – uh, impairment-related fatalities go down. Well, ab- absolutely. That would be uh, certainly uh, a-, a great thing. And just, uh, you know, you mentioned in the in the first segment that, uh, you know, if you're uh, charged with drunk driving and uh, you, uh, you know, have an attorney, it can cost you upwards, easily upwards of $10,000 for for representation. And uh, that's that certainly is a factor. I, I mean, there's no doubt about that. Just take us, uh, Chief Walsh, through the through the process. You, you're pulled over. Uh, you are drunk. Uh, you you don't pass the field sobriety test. What is the process after that? What happens to the individual? Let's say a person is, is traveling alone uh, and uh, charged with drunk driving. And, uh, you know, what happens to the person after that? And what happens to the vehicle? What, what is the process? Well, it's costly. A, a vehicle tow can be a couple of hundred dollars. The person's brought to the uh, police station. They're given an opportunity to take a uh, breath test. If they wish, they can take it or they can refuse it. There's consequences. Again, the temporary friend with the permanent consequences, they could lose their license depending upon what the results of the test are or if they refuse to take that test. Then they're 
processed and they're given a court date where they have to appear for an arraignment, make a, uh, an arrangement whether they're going to plead guilty or if they're going to ask for a trial date. And again, most people plead not guilty, which is fine. It's their constitutional right. And then they uh, have an opportunity to get private counsel. Again, that dollar figure, we're probably being on the cheap end of ten grand. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm sure. And if you lose a license, uh, you, you're probably uh, not going to be able to go to work in, in many cases. You're obviously not going to be able to drive or at least uh, drive legally uh, w- without the license. So, I mean, it just mounts up. Uh, it it yeah. does. A driver's license is a privilege. Yeah. It's not a right. And the Department of Motor Vehicles can take that. So you have a couple of things that... The police department can also write a letter to the Department of Motor Vehicles and ask for a hearing, and you also have court. So that's that where you take the test, the uh, breathalyzer test or not. It's a Department of Motor Vehicles thing, that's separate. And then you also have court, which the court can take your driver's license. So really, you could lose your license twice. Yeah, uh, exactly, and for long stretches of time, too. Craig, you know, the one thing I also wanted to mention is, um, you know, we have a pretty substantial DRE program uh, through our office, uh, Drug Recognition Expert Program. Uh, Certainly during these initiatives, we'll have uh, officers out there that are certified DREs. So they are going to be able to detect uh, drug impairment. So just want to let all your uh, listeners know about that as well. So whether you're impaired by alcohol uh, or drugs, um, you know, um, we're going to really work to, uh, you know, remove those drivers from the road that uh, really pose that type of uh, a problem to other motorists. So this initiative again begins... November. Every day. Yeah. yeah it's it every, every day, day. basically. Right. Yeah. 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 But the initiative uh, is November 22nd through November 26th. And, you know, initiatives like this are going to be ongoing through the whole year. Um, we have Drive Sober or Get Pulled Over coming up in December through January. But these county initiatives, we're going to keep going. We're going to go from Rockingham County to the next county to the next county to the next county to the next county. And it's just going to keep going. So we're going to try to make a difference out here. And we're just asking the motoring public to help us out. Gentlemen, uh, we appreciate you coming in uh, this morning for this segment. Uh, John Clegg, Program Director for New Hampshire Office of Highway Safety and the Police Chief of uh, Rye, New Hampshire. Kevin Walsh, thank you very much for being here. Thank you so much for And discussing this uh, very, very important topic. We'll be back. Kale and Company continues here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Stay with us. Welcome back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. And again... Our thanks to our guests in the opening segment today, Kevin Walsh, Chief of Police in uh, Rye, New Hampshire, John Clegg, Program Director for the uh, New Hampshire Office of Highway Safety, talking about the initiative uh, next week. And uh, please, uh, take take their advice and uh, do not drive impaired. It's not worth it. Uh, it uh, could cost lives and uh, it could cost money. Uh, as well, and we're talking about substantial uh, amounts of money. We have seen too many accidents on our New Hampshire roadways uh, recently. I, I mean, there has been uh, every time I, I I turn on WMUR, I hear about another traffic accident, not always involving fatalities, but uh, the the accidents over the last couple of weeks uh, have been uh, many. 
and, uh, you know, scattered throughout the state. And, uh, you know, we haven't even reached uh, the holiday season yet. But uh, just to take their advice, and it's not worth it, folks. It is not worth it. Get yourself a designated driver. Take a, an Uber, a cab, a, a Lyft, whatever, whatever. Uh, but don't drive impaired. Uh, yesterday, as uh, many of you know, the Secretary of State, David Scanlon, announced the date for our 2024 first-in-the-nation presidential primary. And, you know, finally, finally, I had something right. I had the date right. If uh, you were tuned in yesterday or uh, I've, ma- I've mentioned it a few times that I thought January 23rd would be the, the date for it. And, and as it turns out, it is uh, Tuesday, January 23rd. I can't get any sports predictions right, but I can predict the, the date of the primary. Uh, January 23rd, 2024 will be the date of the Republican and uh, Democratic nominations for president. According to Secretary of State uh, Scanlon, who announced the date after sharing a ringing endorsement of the first in the nation primary, rebuking the Democratic National Committee and others who have attempted to move states ahead of New Hampshire. We are just not going to let that happen. We take a lot of pride in this uh, in New Hampshire. And, uh, you know, you saw a partisan turnout uh, of uh, government types yesterday uh, when uh, Mr. Scanlon, Secretary of State uh, Scanlon, announced the date. I saw uh, Ray Buckley, chairman of the Democratic Party uh, here in New Hampshire, uh, in attendance, standing uh, very close to uh, Governor Sununu. Everybody's in on this, folks. Republicans, Democrats, independents, doesn't matter. Uh, We want New Hampshire to stay Number one in the country, and that's the way it is going to be. Scanlon made the announcement uh, in the Hall of Flags in the State House. He was joined by uh, that bipartisan group of state politicians and other advocates uh, for the primary. So it was it was great to see. We can't always agree on uh, every issue that is out there, but we can agree on one thing: we want New Hampshire to stay first in the nation. Because uh, no state in this country uh, does retail politics like uh, New Hampshire. I mean, candidates love to come uh, to New Hampshire because it is a you know, relatively small state. They can get around and really get a feel for what the average person uh, is concerned about in their everyday lives. I mean, it's tough to uh, traverse, you know, California, Texas. Uh, you know, the, the larger states out there. Uh, we may be uh, a little guy when it comes to, uh, to population, uh, but it's uh, a state that the politicians uh, love, love to be in uh, because of the proximity of the, the major cities, uh, Concord, Manchester, Nashua, Salem, Portsmouth, uh, Laconia, uh, you name it. Uh, you know, the, the larger cities are all in relatively close proximity uh, compared uh, to uh, other states in this country and the smaller towns. Uh, The politicians love to visit uh, as well. There's a lot of uh, small-town politicking uh, being done as well. So we're very happy to say that uh, it's the 23rd of uh, January 2024.
four. All right, so uh, there you have it. Hey, how about those Celtics last night, huh? I don't know if you had a chance to uh, watch the game last night. Celtics off to a, a great start at nine and two now. Jalen Brown not in the lineup last night. He was sick. Kristaps Porzingis had a uh, knee contusion and he wasn't able to perform. But no Brown, no Porzingis, and no problem for the Celtics. Al Horford, who's been uh, coming off the bench uh, this season, made his first start last night. And did he ever uh, make an impact? Al Horford, 14 points on the night for Al, including four three-pointers. But not only that, he grabbed eight rebounds and he blocked five shots against Joel Embiid, the reigning MVP of the NBA. And others uh, contributed as well. Now, Jason Tatum had... Uh, uh, 29 points on the night. Uh, Derek White, 27 points, including 14 of his in the fourth quarter. And I'll tell you, Mr. Consistency. I mean, this guy, to me, uh, since the start of the season, has been the rock of the team. The guy you can always depend on in every aspect of the game, Drew Holiday. He had uh, 18 points and 10 rebounds. Uh, what? What an acquisition uh, Drew Holiday was uh, for the Boston Celtics. We have not seen a a player uh, like him in a long time. And I'm not saying that, uh, you know, he is is a superstar, in my my opinion. Uh, But he can can do it all. He he can do it all. He can rebound, as you see, uh, 10 last night, 14 points, uh, 18 points, I should say, last night. But... uh, he, uh, he is just terrific at both ends of the court. And, and the thing I like most about this edition uh, of the Boston Celtics is that they uh, are, are not necessarily an extremely deep team, but the players they have coming off the bench are of a terrific quality. There may not be a lot of quantity, but there's a lot of uh, quality. Sam Hauser... And Peyton Pritchard, uh, in particular, and Al Horford, when he's been coming off the bench, uh, which he has been this year, uh, they have been uh, terrific. And they're a fun watch. Uh, I mean, uh, I have to admit, and, uh, you know, maybe it's just me. No, I know it's not just me. I, I was never a huge fan of Marcus Smart. Uh, sometimes he, he made the games almost impossible to watch with, with his shot selection. But this year, when I'm sitting at home on my on my couch and watching the Celtics, I I I never upset with their shot selection. Yeah, they're, they're and they're passing the ball extremely well. I mean, this is a fun, fun, fun team to watch, folks. And uh, even with the absence of forty percent of their starting lineup last night, uh, they were terrific, and they beat a very, very good. Uh, Philadelphia team by by 10 points on the road. On the road. That is is really something. And uh, the road trip will continue tomorrow night in Toronto for the Celtics. And then on Sunday, they go to Memphis. They go to Memphis to take on Marcus Smart and the Memphis Grizzlies. 
Looking forward to that one. All right, we'll take a break right here on Kale and Company Live, nhtalkradio.com here on WKXL. And we are presented by our good friends at Northeast Delta Dental. Speaking of Northeast Delta Dental, don't forget tomorrow, Friday Fun Bunch, Tom Raphael, President and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental, and our resident flick chick, Kitty Ray, will be here. Fun begins tomorrow just after 8, right here on WKXL. We will be right back and speak with the new mayor-elect of the capital city of Concord, right after these words. Welcome back, Kale and Company Live here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And we're very pleased to have uh, joining us on the program right now, the uh, mayor-elect of the great city of Concord, New Hampshire, Byron Champlin. Byron, good morning to you. Good morning, Ken, and it is a great city indeed. It is, and uh, congratulations to you on uh, on your election. Uh, when do you officially do you officially get sworn in? Well, the uh, new city council, including the mayor, is sworn in in January. In- We're working on a date. All right, very good. And you're no stranger to the city or, or state <laughs> government as well, uh, having uh, served ten years on the city council past four and a half as an at-large counselor representing the, the entire city and also served as the public information officer for the New Hampshire House of Representatives for a while. And what have you been in the city for what now, about 40 years? Yeah, about 40 years, uh, Ken. I, I came here, uh, in fact, uh, to work for the state legislature as the public information officer. Uh, and uh, that was my introduction to the city. And I kind of came here and immediately fell in love with the place and uh, that was even back in the days when they used to call us a city in a coma. That's really changed, hasn't it? <laughs> that is not true anymore. That 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 is for sure. The city uh, has uh, come uh, a, a long way. And uh, and you have been a big part of that. Uh, I mean, uh, if, if people don't know, you've been uh, chairman of so many committees and such a uh, a driving force in in uh, the way Concord has uh, has moved forward o- over the last you know uh, number of years. Uh, what made you decide to to run for mayor? Well, uh, that's a great question. Um, I I think it was just my my feeling that that, that the city has been on an upward tra- trajectory um, uh, under the current administration, the current city council. Uh, you know, I would love to see that continue. Um, I think uh, that, uh, you know, we have some challenges to, to deal with, but uh, I think that overall uh, our city uh, is has become an incredibly attractive place uh, to live. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I said this during the campaign, and it was borne out by, by my canvassing. I would knock on a door and find out that somebody had moved to the city recently, and and they would tell me that uh, that they just loved the place and uh, that the Main Street uh, downtown Concord was wonderful. Uh, so uh, you know th- that's that's one of the reasons. And also because you know we're starting to see some uh, increased economic development or economic movement up in Penacook as well. We yeah. have uh, a couple of uh, of uh, longstanding businesses that used to be located downtown uh, in downtown Concord Center. Uh, that are now up in Pentecook Village, and I think that that's a trend. I was up there canvassing, and I found that uh, that uh, a little bakery there, a little coffee, what used to be a coffee shop, 
that uh, had closed during COVID is now reopened as a bakery in Pentecost Village. So these are the kinds of uh, economic activity uh, that I would like to see move forward. Well, absolutely so, and uh, you have uh, certainly a wide variety of experience uh, in this entire city, chairing the various committees uh, th- that you have. Uh, what do you see, uh, Mayor-elect, the, that uh, is the, the biggest problem uh, facing Concord right now? Well, I, I think we have several challenges. Uh, uh, I think one is uh, we have to, uh, continue, uh, to continue economic development. Um, uh, I think that uh, we're set to, uh, we've restructured the community development department, and that has great promise in terms of uh, being a little, uh, being uh, proactive about uh, attracting businesses. But also I want to make sure that we retain the businesses that we have. We do have challenges around workforce, and that's tied in part, uh, well, that's tied to our aging population, uh, but that's also tied to um, uh, uh, the lack of housing. Uh, for workers uh, to live in. Um, we have a great resource in our new American community. I was at a great all-day conference yesterday about uh, uh, employing immigrants uh, in New Hampshire and what a great uh, uh, pool of workers they are if provided with the, the right tools. Uh, so that's, that's one area, I think, of concern. Uh, public safety is another. We're very challenged uh, employing quali- uh, to employ qualified police officers. Um, and our current uh, police uh, station is uh, incredibly uh, uh, overstuffed. I mean, it's, it's just not an adequate space, uh, which is why uh, in uh, December we're going to be voting on acquiring a piece of property uh, for a new police station. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I just heard that uh, the uh, city of Hanover uh, is now uh, offering a $30,000 sign-on bonus uh, for a new, for experienced police officers, that's the environment that we're in there. So we have to be able to hire qualified officers, give them the tools they need to be effective, uh, and give them adequate space uh, to, to in which to work. Um, homelessness is another issue that uh, has been, uh, you know, in the headline. Um, the uh, homeless steering committee that I serve on um, has been working very diligently and deliberately. Uh, on uh, addressing this issue in close coordination with the Concord Coalition to End Homelessness, uh, which staffs that committee. Um, and I think that uh, at our last meeting, we saw that there has been significant progress in coordinating the efforts of the various agencies that work on that issue. Uh, and uh, I think homelessness is one of those things that becomes very visible uh, at this time of year when the leaves fall off the trees. Um, and uh, But I, I think that we are on track to uh, move towards uh, functional zero homelessness uh, in in Concord uh, if we just uh, if we stay the course and are persistent uh, and uh, and apply ourselves to it. So those are some of the some of the challenges that I see. I think at the same time, Ken, we need to make sure that we're a vibrant cultural center uh, so that we have a reason for young people to stay here uh, and uh, for businesses to, to locate here. You know, speaking of uh, that aspect uh, of our community, I, I think we are very blessed, and I know you have been uh, very much involved in the uh, Capital Center for the Arts uh, over the years, uh, but uh, we are blessed in a town of uh, this size uh, to have the the, uh, the theater options that we have, the movie options that we have uh, in, in the downtown area. I think it's almost unprecedented what, what we have uh, in, in a short, really, uh, space in, in downtown uh, Concord, what they, the opportunities are just unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Red River Theaters, 
the Chubb Theater at the Capitol Center for the Arts, the Bank of National Stage at yep. the Capitol Center for the Arts. I wouldn't, and I wouldn't uh, forget Kimball Jenkins and the Concord Community Music School. I mean, the music school has uh, regular performances, yep. uh, which if people don't know about, they should go to the website and uh, and they should attend them. They have a fiddle festival, they have a mandolin festival. And uh, Kimball Jenkins uh, is, has a series of rotating art uh, exhibits and events. Uh, it's a great space. I was there uh, last Thursday for a talk by Mark Travis on uh, uh, the late Governor John Wynan and his early years in Concord and his formative years. Uh, there's a, a, just a great mix of, of cultural opportunities in the city. Oh, there, there is, uh, w- with, without a doubt. And uh, there's been a, a lot of talk recently uh, in the media about uh, what may be taking place uh, at, at the Steeplegate Mall in, in terms of uh, perhaps uh, new housing in that area. Can you bring us up to date a little on that? Well, yeah. Uh, uh, Onyx, uh, uh, a, a company of developers from Massachusetts, I believe, uh, finally uh, closed the sale uh, and uh, bought the mall. Uh, it's been pretty clear, I think, to, to, to those of us who have been watching this uh, this site, that uh, repurposing the mall would not really be a long-term solution and that eventually someone would come in with a proposal to uh, raise all or most of it and uh, and redevelop that site in a new way. Uh, we obviously, as I already said, need housing. Uh, and it, at this juncture, we have a, you know, uh, a mix of... Uh, market rate uh, and uh, affordable housing options that are uh, in the pipeline. Uh, this one would be uh, market rate, but all housing is needed right now because without uh, enough housing options, there is no mobility. You know, the, the retirees who want to downsize can't find a place to downsize, and because they can't find a place to downsize, the young family that wants to move into a house like theirs can't find a place to move into. Uh, and so, so we need all all uh, all types of housing, but the housing component of that is very uh, exciting. Uh, but also, you know, the fact that J.C. Penney's would stay, I think that I believe that the trampoline park would stay there, long-term leaseholders. The fact that we would find have a Costco and I believe a Whole Foods; those are two of the uh, uh, of the uh, uh, businesses that are, are talking about moving in there. Uh, it's it's all very exciting, but it is going to come have to happen with some. Uh, uh, city expenditure because the uh, sewage system up there uh, was built for the mall alone. And we've had a great deal of development up there. It's certainly not adequate to handle uh, 600 or so uh, units of of housing. Uh, So there there will have to be some infrastructure work on that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Mayor-elect Byron Champlin is with us. And uh, uh, just tell us uh, in, in the waning moments we have here a little bit about your family. (laughs) <laughs> well, my wife Susie and I—we were just talking last night. Uh, you know, we're 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 uh, uh, moving towards our 40th anniversary, uh, and our two daughters uh, uh, continue to live in Concord. Our oldest daughter uh, has uh, has two boys here, and uh, one is uh, uh, nine and uh, is at Beaver Meadow Elementary School, and the other one is uh, almost five. He'll be five on Christmas Eve. He's a Christmas Eve baby. Uh, and uh, uh, he uh, will be going into kindergarten. He's in preschool right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's significant that, uh, that the girls love Concord so much that they stay here uh, and uh, that they stayed here and that they've, uh, you know, one has raised a family here, the other one is working here. 
but uh, you know, uh, uh, the, on the other hand, one of them is, is still living with us, which uh, because you can't find a, a, an affordable apartment, and uh, and that just underscores why we need more yeah. housing. Exactly. Not that I want to push her out. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Byron, thank you so much for being with us uh, this morning, and uh, we hope you have uh, m- many visits uh, on, on the show uh, after you uh, officially become uh, the mayor of this uh, great city of, of Concord, New Hampshire. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for the invitation, Ken. You have a great morning. You as well. Thank you. Byron Champlin, the uh, mayor-elect of the uh, city of Concord after uh, Jim Boulay uh, served the city so well for so many years. Uh, A new administration uh, coming in uh, in January. Thank you very much for joining us today here on Kale & Company. Don't forget tomorrow, Friday Fun Bunch right here. A little after 8 o'clock, WKXLNHTalkRadio.com, where we remind you always to look on the bright side of life. Have a great day, everybody.